On this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals, Alva Gamara is a beast. Mike Evans is kind of maddening. Jalen Hurts is nasty. And Halloween candy. Stay tuned. football podcast put on by your three peat going for my fourth ring and i'm gonna take it down again champion and your numbers obsessed spreadsheet loving still can't beat me in fantasy football nerd <laughs> to find some sort of consensus to share with you the fantasy football listener who's that cackling gentleman in the background well i guess i'm out of relish this week because uh I used it up all last week when I did beat you, if you remember correctly, Todd. I remember you celebrating a regular season wing like it was the Super Bowl. I'm very aware. Very aware. Very sophist argument of you, Todd, of like, I, I, there's no argument that I can win because I'm going to say, oh, well, I, like if I had lost you, you, I would have said, oh, I would wait to playoffs. And then you would oh, no, 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 I kick your ass. You know, all, there's no way to win. So you can make an argument however you way to want it. Beat you last week. Do you know how you win the argument? You win a ring. You wouldn't like I, oh, you mean like I did last year? Interesting. Okay. All right. Not, I forgot not about in that. The, not, in, not in the <laughs> Dynasty League. Not in the Dynasty League, Davey. I remember my first redraft championship. It was like 15 years ago. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> we're off the rails already. Let's go. Yeah. All right. We came out firing here. We actually were having a really good catch up. We're like, oh, man, it's good to talk to you. And then we're like, screw you, mother. <laughs> it's, it's good times. Good times, baby. Oh. Hey, you want to get in the question of the day? Oh, yes. Question of the day. So, question of the day is, what is the most underrated candy? David. I'll start this one off by saying that we, I believe, a previous question today where we talked about our favorite Halloween candies, but it's time to talk about underrated. And there's a, there was a lot out for me. Overall, when my goal for, for Halloween candy, Todd, is I want a good mixture of sweet or fruity candy and chocolate. I like a nice balance. I like to alternate like a nice even palette. So I really like that going from chocolate to fruit or sweet or sour. And in that in mind, I think there's a lot of underrated chocolate candies out there. Under the radar, Todd, Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll gets hated on a lot. I I really enjoy Tootsie Roll. I think it's easy. Uh, It's not sticky to your fingers. It's in a nice easy wrapper. It's cheap. You can eat a lot of them. I like to chew on them. It makes me feel. I, I just a lot to like about the Tootsie Roll, and it brings me back to like the penny store candy at my grandfather's store when I was a very young kid. Not a little reminiscing there for you, Todd. And then also another underrated would be Whoppers. I love a, a good. I just love Whoppers, man. I, I think especially, especially Whopper Easter eggs. But that that this, we're talking about Halloween candy, so I love a good Whopper. Uh, but if I'm going to tell you. The most underrated candy out there for Halloween. It is most certainly Rolos. I love the caramel chocolate combination. It doesn't get talked about. Rolos don't get talked about enough. I, I think they're delightful, Todd. They're delightful all the way around. 
It has an old-timey feel to it, a classic feel to the Rolo, and it hits me where the heart is. I, I love a good Rolo. I could not agree more. Could not agree more. And I was talking about Rolos as an underrated candy this week. You were? That's yours too? No, I, I got more than one. I got more than one. Oh, wow. Some, some consensus on Tale of Two Rivals. What is going on? So, Rolos is definitely on my list, but it's not my top choice. But here's what I'm going to break down to you is, I'm a high school teacher, so we have advisory, which is essentially like a guided homeroom, like another place to have a trusted adult and talk about things, right? We do activities every Thursday, and Lord of Cantatori shared with me a March Madness bracket of Halloween candy. So I read a debate for two different like activity blocks on that. And what it came down to is, from the field of 64, it came down to the four seed, Sour Patch Kids, taking the title over a 5C gummy bears. So that's where my group of freshmen, lovely group of kids, love that group. They were like all about it. Now here are the seeds that got Mr. Foster very fired up. A 16 seed was 100 grand. That's one of my favorite candy bars of all time. Caramel, Rice Krispies, quality chocolate, great stuff. At a 15 seed, we had Mounds, solid, and Rolos. Rolos was a 15 seed, David. That's 15. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. They, they, they However, were upsetting some candies. They were up. They were. Oh, to, they were good in the final oh, four. Oh, they made it to the Sweet 16. They took down Twizzlers at number two. Oh, that group, God, Twizzlers, I, Twizzlers. I, they took down Twizzlers at, as a two seed, and I told them, "I'm proud of you guys. That's a good choice. That's a good choice." Another good one. I thought that was uh, two was was underrated. 13 seed Runts. Banana Runts are the best. 12 seed take five bar is a very underrated pretzel peanut butter caramel chocolate phenomenal what is that is the reese's ro- take five yes yes blow pops is a 12 blow pops are phenomenal all right but the number one underrated for me was a seven seed and for me this would probably be probably be a two seed for me nerds love nerds the strawberry, the grape ones, mix them together. Nerds are just, like you said, you can keep crushing Tootsie Rolls. You can crush nerds. And they're just so good, man. They're so satisfying. Really sweet, a little sour, got the crunch. Very satisfying. The only problem I have to say with top of that is that they're a little difficult to eat sometimes. They're not, they're, you, they can spill in your pocket. You know, as a young kid, having fun running the playground. Yeah, I'm I'm not talking about being a child. I'm talking about my 38-year-old self who wants to eat the leftover nerd because I don't pass them out at Halloween. I literally <laughs> save them. So, like, if I need to pass them out, I will, but they're definitely the last thing that stays in the bowl, and, those, and they can get whatever chocolate they want. Daddy's keeping the nerds. <laughs> now, here's the thing. You ever heard of a zero bar? Uh, I don't think so. Me neither. It's the only thing on the entire bracket I never heard of. It's like a milk chocolate caramel peanut bar. Oh, no, it's a white, it's a caramel peanut bar wrapped in white chocolate. And I was like, I got to find one of those. So now it's a life mission to have a zero bar. And I shall report to the people of Tale of Two Rivals after I have one. We'd love to hear their most underrated Halloween candies. Todd, we're tired of the Reese's, Milky Way, Snickers. We're tired of those freaking debates, Todd. We want to hear the underrated, underrated. Get 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 deep. Get deep into it. Uh, Todd, Woo. one more for you. One more. Warheads. One more. Love me some warheads. Okay, we had a good debate about that. I asked my entire group, do kids still eat those? So they go, why? I'm like, it felt like a very 90s thing, so I'm glad they're still around. 
Uh, they were <laughs> huge in the 90s. So, yeah. I like that call, David. I like that call. <laughs> All right. That was a good one, man. I, I love that you brought that up. Like, you brought that up, and I go, oh, my God. This is the perfect day to bring this up. I literally finished that bracket today. So, all Beautiful. Right. Beautiful. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Today are my three takes. So I'm going to start off with take one. And Alvin Kamara checking in as the RB1 for week seven. Uh, he was the RB4 in week five, had a bye week week six. He's firmly at the RB5 on the season overall, which is pretty impressive given he's already had a bye week. They're finally chucking him the rock this week with 11 targets. That he could uh, turn into 10 catches for 128 yards and receiving touchdown, then added 51 yards on the ground. That was a 31% target share on Monday Night Football, which is just beautiful. So by RB trends, he's supposed to be falling off, right, Dave? And he's supposed to be hurt by Breeze not there because it's a QB went down and he depends on targets. So we shouldn't trust him long term. Like it's time to be getting out of Alvin Kamara, right? I mean... 19.8 19.8 weighted opportunities per game, 22.4% target share. Those are great numbers, and he's still passing the eye test. He's not quite a top five dynasty rank for me. He's six. With all that said, and he's, he's right on the cusp of six. I have Jonathan Taylor, CMC, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, because we got to respect that he's just a monstrous outlier at this point, and DeAndre Swift, because DeAndre Swift is literally Alvin Kamara just younger. And he's doing it on a bad team. So what happens when that team gets good? So there's a ceiling there. I've come around on Swift over Kamara. So in all seriousness, like that to me would be, could you trade Alvin Kamara and get Swift plus in some situations? Possibly. You probably shouldn't, but you could. Like, is he worth moving for like Najee Harris and seeing what else like comes in that deal? So it's it's kind of interesting to think about Kamara's still a stud, and he's still at least a top six running back in my mind, but there's definitely an argument to selling him as he's still sustaining this value. So if I'm contending, it really depends on like what I'm going to get back for him, but if I can get back like either of those two running backs, maybe giving up like a second two, I'm not going to be giving up many points, and I'm getting a better long-term asset at running back. So I'd be fine with that. And as a second-round pick, as I'm contending, is going to be a late second. That might be something I throw out there, and I wouldn't take it. But at the same time, like I could see a lot of people that would be down with that. What do you think, Dave? There's a lot to process there, Todd. A lot of shots taken at me there to start off with. And then your ranking of, of six. Whoa, 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 whoa. How were those shots? Those were questions. How sensitive? How how how? They're not rhetorical. Veiled veiled jabs. Veiled jabs. Oh please, you're so sensitive. Oh yes, that's me, Mister Sensitive. (laughs) Uh, All right, Mister. So to start things off here, so Todd's coming up with all these amazing stats, and I think there's a reason why Todd hasn't wanted to talk about Alvin Kamara until last week because he blew up in Week Seven, and not that he hasn't been good up until. Like this season, all because he has. He was the RB twelve in points per game through the first through week six, and one being part of that, which was kind of crazy. I was happy they actually brought this up in the broadcast. Sometimes on these broadcasts, Todd, they really just give you crap, and I really I thought they did a really good job breaking down Elvin Kamara on the broadcast. He's seen four point four targets per game this season up until week seven, so weeks one through six, 
4.4 targets per game. And that's after seeing almost seven targets per game throughout his entire career on average. That's a huge decrease in targets, which was the fear. Now, for someone who has dealt with a lot of injuries over the years, Todd, that have sapped his, like he's like dealt with almost like an, at least an injury or two per season here, the last couple seasons, that's really, it hasn't like hurt him in games played, but it's, it's sapped his, some of his production or like his efficiency. That, that player has gone up to 19 rush attempts per game this season. That's insane because he's only seen, he's, he only sees 11 rush attempts per game throughout his entire career. So to bump up to 19 this year has been, it's just been crazy how he's being used this year compared to years past. And I just want to say, Todd, he'd had 22 targets through week six. And then he basically had 50% of his season total in week seven, which was amazing. And Todd, side note, Todd, it fills my heart here that I don't even blink an eye now when you start talking about target share as part of your argument for when you're, when you're talking about a player. I just really, eh, Todd, you've grown so much, sir. Grown so much. Whoa, 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 whoa. From the day one of metrics, that was always the one that I said to you that I was on board with when you introduced to me. I never fought target share. I never fought. But you don't even blink anymore. It's just like party vernacular. I love it. This is true. This is true. Thanks for showing me the light. <laughs> no, I wouldn't even say it was me. I'm just saying I, I just really enjoy oh, it. Oh, Davey, you're so humble. It was you. Oh, gosh. I, I am. What can I say? Anyway, <laughs> uh, but I guess overall, Todd, I just think it's really great. I just really wanted to break down Alvin Kamara's usage this season and then I want to conclude with saying that people who thought that he was lifted up by Drew Brees and that Drew Brees, one of the best running back target, like QBs who targeted the running back position in the history of the NFL, did not make Alvin Kamara. He was not just a symptom or just a product of this New Orleans rush, this uh, offense that we've seen numerous good running backs before he got here uh, into New Orleans. So he is he is good. People don't be confused thinking that just because Drew Brees left that he is not good. He is a good player. I think he's proven that how good he is. And, and it's kind of crazy how he can do it in multiple different ways. Now, that being said, I don't want my Alvin Kamara seeing 19 rush attempts per game, Todd. I don't know about you. I do not want him used that way. I want him used. I don't think I should expect 11 targets per game, but it's crazy just how great he does getting the ball in the open field. And he they need to make more of a point of targeting him. And I hope that continues moving forward. And that's my only my only reflection. I still, I think he's still, you know, he's definitely still a top 12 running back for me in Dynasty, but he's not a, he, I'm not like, he's not my RB6. He's, I'll take Dynasty RB7 or 8. That's outrageous. I'm fine with 19 rush of the game. I get it. You don't like the idea of them using him that way. At the same time, though, they're trying to give him the ball. Like, I agree. I'd rather see more targets. And I also think the 4.4 targets per game is, that's over five games. That's such a small sample size, opposed to his whole body of work over his career. And then he just goes off for 11 targets after they come out of their bye week, and they just they just their game plan. I mean, a 31 target share coming out of, like, one game, that's freaking amazing. You know, like, over 22% for the year. Like, I think that this is more where it's trending towards. Am I expecting 11 targets per game? Yes. No, of course I'm not. You know what I mean? But... I do think it's going to be more closer to the seven mark throughout the rest of the year. And yeah, I mean, I kind of get the idea of like with the rushing attempts being high, I don't want to see that. I'm kind of okay with it because like he's not going to last forever. So I'll milk what I can get out of him. So that's the other thing too, is that like 
do we have to be thinking about like is this the time to see like when he's topping out to move him and it also depends on your situation like that's the real question with Alvin Kamara is is he a building block so like when you're saying he's a running back nine if you had Alvin Kamara and that's what's in your head there is no reason you should have Alvin Kamara on your team if that's how that's where you have him rank the majority league is not thinking that way and you're going to be able to take advantage of that and find something you like more I think we both agree that he's not a locked in top five anymore. So with that saying, like with the moving of the guard, it's kind of like, like, where's the, is it a sell window? I just thought it was an interesting topic to bring up now because he did blow up, which gave us a reason to talk about David. So anyways, all right. (laughs) I love the fire we have to start here, Todd. Loving it. So next, another guy who blew up and that's why I'm talking about him, Mike Evans. And I got nothing respect for Mike Evans. I love Mike Evans. Guy's been consistent for years, but he's absolutely maddening to own this year. So after a four-target, 27-yard performance, he puts up three TDs in the first half of his next game, and he's had two performances under six points in PPR, two decent performances, and then three monster performances. It's just absolutely crazy. That's all over the map, man. And... It's that's still good enough to be the wide receiver seven. If I'm not contending, then I'm selling them because I don't want anything to do with a Bucks wide receiver in a future build. They they all just flip flop over the map and take turns of whoever's going to be the beast. If I am contending and I have a wide receiver flex need, I kind of like the idea of like Evans at a first and maybe a plus like a little piece. That would be a solid idea to look into because. Whoever has him is probably feeling the similar way. Because, like, he doesn't feel like the wide receiver seven this year. He really doesn't. And I feel this way about any Tampa Bay. I feel any Tampa Bay wide receiver has value. But you can't rely on them week to week. Because it's just a turn of who's going to dominate this week. And I don't like that at all. Unless you're looking at a wide receiver three in your lineup. If I'm contending and somebody's willing to give me you know, rock bottom prices on Mike Evans, all about it. If I'm not contending, then and I have him, there is zero chance he should be on my roster right now, especially after a three touchdown performance. I should be selling him today. I should have sold him yesterday. Yeah, Todd, the big thing that jumps out to me is the seven receiving touchdowns, three of which came, like you said, this week. He's getting a receiving touchdown every 70 yards, receiving yards, which is Essentially, that's what a bunch of running like that's what like a running back or tight end does like that that are scoring a lot of touchdowns. But it's basically DeAndre Hopkins who it's basically DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans who are getting a ton of touchdowns per receiving yards. It's or it's just kind of crazy how that you can't keep that up. That is not sustainable. An eight a nine essentially a nineteen percent TD rate. Now these sometimes these blow up wide receiver. Top five wide receiver seasons, you're going to have that 19% uh, TD rate. But that's like, that's, I'm talking like a Randy Moss type. Not that Mike, Mike Evans is, is an extremely, he's a great wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. But I don't, he's not one of those perennial all time greats. He's a very, he's a great wide receiver. He's not an all time great. And that 19% TD rate scoring every 70 yards is not sustainable. Now, even that is with Tom Brady, who throws at a, for a high touchdown rate who loves to throw the ball in the the red zone at age 28. I am very skeptical of that 19% TD rate. No, thank you. 
And and I think like I, I do think that he's going to be putting up double digit touchdowns. Obviously, by the end of the year, he's consistently doing that. But the point is, is that like he goes two TDs, two TDs, three TDs, and then the rest of the games are like if he's not putting up TDs, like he's totally TD dependent. Uh, dependent. It's just it's so obvious. And and Todd, just I'm kind of disagree with you a little bit more on the consistency piece. I don't necessarily care about his consistency because those three TDs, those two TD weeks that he has can win you the week. So that to me kind of changes a little bit with Mike Evans. So, and I don't want necessarily my whole team made up of wide receivers like my Mike Evans who are boom or bust, but I do like having a wide receiver who can just win you the week. And Mike Evans, his TD scoring can do that. However, I will say that my point is more overall that this TD rate that he has does have these, it's really hard to depend on that moving forward and scoring TDs every 70 receiving yards. That's just, yeah, that maybe could happen. I would, I would always bet against it. That's how kind of how I'm approaching Mike Evans in the touchdowns. All right. So I get where you're coming from. This is where I will not listen to that <laughs> because like I said, wide receiver three, boom, bust, any situation, fine. Like that's when inconsistencies is totally playoffs. I'm not waiting for this whole like, oh, when he does blow up, he'll win me the weekend. I'm not running that risk when it comes down to playoffs. Those are the kind of guys by the trade deadline that are no longer on my team. And that's because I want to be able to go in and my one and two wide receiver, if I'm a true contender, I know they're going to go in and I know they're going to produce. They're not going to put up a 27 yard game with four freaking targets. Those are the kind of guys. I'm not going to start Corey Davis in the championship and expect him to produce. That'd be silly. So the point being is that like I want the consistent guys. And when it comes down to when it matters. And I, I will just say too, because I think this is, I will might go a little bit longer for the listeners on this one, is that just Mike Evans, he's had four top 24 weeks. Only DeAndre Hopkins, or only Justin Jefferson, Marquise Brown, and Cooper Cup have had more top 24 weeks than he has. So, yeah, but the down weeks have been straight up duds. It's, it's bad. Okay, so he has five top 36 weeks. And let's see, only four wide receivers have had more top 36 weeks. So it's, okay. I think it okay. gets played a little bit more than, and I understand too, Todd, don't get me wrong. But like, but like he, you're also pointing out to the touchdown dependency on that. Yeah, it's, 100%. 100%. I'm not going to say sit here rate. and disagree with you totally. I, I just think that, and don't get me wrong, a zero point, like a three point week, you feel, I think that's, it's, you feel that. You really do in your laps. A three point, like a three point week's a lot different than a seven point week, which is still outside the top 36. Exactly. So I think sometimes he's had, he's had a little bit. Two, he's had two weeks under six. Two weeks mm-hmm. under six in PPR. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Oh, yeah. 100%. So I just think, I just want to, I think that is just an interesting little tidbit to it, though. Trade Mike Evans. All right. Moving on. <laughs> so um, my last take Jalen Hurts, is he a top five dynasty QB? Well, right now, he's the QB, too. Is he legit? Do we have a dynasty monster on our hands, Davey? This is what rushing upside means. Fields and Lance owners, patience. This is what's potentially coming in year two or even the second half of the year. Hertz passing numbers are average at best in terms of yardage, completion percentage, and passing touchdowns. He's not anything special, but he's second among QBs with 361 rushing yards. But it's those five rushing touchdowns that's putting him up this high. It's those TDs. And this is where I temper my expectations. 
Look at Josh Allen, those eight rushing TDs that paced him. Now he's getting a more reasonable rate, and he's the QB7. Clear is still very good, not dominant. I expect that to go up, but that just shows you what the TD rate really does mean when it comes to like rushing touchdown, like touchdowns from QBs. Now, with Hurts, it's like he's still obviously getting the yards too, but it's those TDs that's really putting him in that two spot, you know? So, given those average passing numbers and the high number of rushing TDs, I'm not sold to him as a top five dynasty QB. Is he top 12? Absolutely. He's probably my 11 or my 12. I just did it today. I can't remember, but he was like 11 or 12 for me. I'd still rather have Lance over him. I'd rather have Fields over him. I believe in the talents of those two players a lot more. I'm not going to overreact to them as rookies in this incredibly small sample side in these dumpster fire situations that I do believe will get better. If I'm contending, I'm riding with Hurts. He's been very consistent for the year, and he's producing now while he has a solid dynasty outlook. If I got Hurts and I'm not in contention for a title, I want to see if those contending teams has a Lance, has a field, or even a Mac Jones that could be part of a phenomenal package. I, I would be seeing what I can get for Hurts if I'm not in a position that he's going to help me win a title this year. And I also don't think there's anything wrong with keeping him because clearly there's some good like long-term value there. I just don't think where he's landing in the landscape right now is where we should be projecting him in the future. Uh, Todd, I really enjoyed your Jalen Hurts take. And I think what really stands out to me, Todd, is that one is that Philly fans are freaking stupid. Uh, sorry. Uh, I don't usually do come out like that, but where do they think they're going to get this quarterback, Todd, to really replace Jalen Hurts? Like they just chewed up Carson Wentz, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a Carson Wentz stands by any mean, but they chewed up Donovan McNabb, they chewed up Nick Foles, they've chewed up every QB. Nothing's good enough for them, Todd. Nothing is good enough for him. And I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts' his passing efficiency metrics aren't terrible. He's in the middle of the pack for completion. Completion percentage in a clean pocket. He's made 17, he, 17 big time throws, which is a really cool, like, that's a top five, that's top five. Like that's tied for Josh Allen from, for really like great throws that were thread the needle and, and, and do that. And yes, he has nine turnover worthy plays taught in the season. So he, he's making some bad mistakes, but that's less than Josh Allen. He, yeah, and he takes a couple of sacks. Yep, you're right. He does. But, uh, his completion percentage over expected is not his. He's not an, necessarily an at, uber accurate thrower, but Todd he does a lot with his legs. He isn't putting in a top five passing season, but he's been passable, middle of the pack in a lot of efficiency metrics, accuracy metrics. Lags behind a little bit in EPA per play, EPA per dropback. However, that has a lot to do with his turnover worthy plays, but he's also making a lot of big plays and exciting plays. The grass is always greener. I think there's things to work with with Jalen Hurts. Now they need to th they need they need a little bit more balance on offense. There are things that need to happen in Philly. But a little, yeah. There's there's like I like a little more balance. I, yeah, it's frustrating. I he's had a better first two years than Josh Allen did. That's for sure. That's a great point. That's a great point. So I'm not saying that I'm expecting a Josh Allen type improvement from Jalen Hurts. I just find it odd, the criticism that he's getting. They were all pissed off that they drafted him, Todd. And then, damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. And I just don't appreciate that at all, Todd. And from a fantasy perspective, I I don't care if 
he doesn't play for a year or two after like if he's out of as a starting quarterback in a year or two at this point, because I think eventually he finds a, a starting place somewhere else if that does happen. But what he provides for you right now is is money is liquid gold here. Is liquid gold. All right, rapid fire. You ready? Yes, sir. Burrow or Hertz? Burrow. Lawrence or Hertz? Lawrence. Lance or Hertz? Lance. Wilson or Hertz? Wilson. Russell. Wilson. Ju- Justin Fields or Hertz? Justin Fields. Rogers or Hertz? I'll go Hertz. Yeah, I'll go Hertz there. Watson uh, or Hertz? God dang it. No, dude. I might go. Okay. I might okay. like the. I might go Aaron Rodgers. Watson or Hertz? Hertz. Stafford or Hertz? That's a tough one. Yeah, I that's go, a tough one. Let's see. What's. I, I probably go Hertz. Yeah, I go with the man, I'll go with the I'll go with the age and the rushing upside. I'll say this much: Matthew Stafford isn't the poster boy that everyone makes him out to be this season. No, he's, no, he has not he, had an amazing season. He's had a couple of huge plays, right? But I, I just I think he's attached to a solid offense, and he's the model of consistent. Like, there's risk with Hurts. I don't think you have as much risk with Stafford. Is my point. Less you know pressure I mean? in L.A. too. Right. So last one: Tua or Hurts? Oh man, I, I can. I, I'll just t- oh god, that's a that's a toss up because I want to need to know like what happens with Tua in the trade deadline. But Tua right now, my Tua gut right says now. Tua. My gut says Tua. Yeah, I would actually go Hurts because I'll take the rush side there. Yeah, and I'm hating. I'm probably I like it, it's funny how I took a lot of the other player here, Todd. But I I do I took a lot of the other player, but it's not like as I hate Hurts. No, I I just think it's just. I think the point I was trying to make is, is do not overreact. I mean, obviously, like, he's got all that stuff about it. And, like, in fantasy production versus, like, real life, it's, like, they're they're kind of separate at times. You know what I mean? So, like, no one should be overreacting about Hurts being the QB, two. Like, I don't think that's where he should be projected at the rest of the way. It'd be a, not a terrible idea to see what you could get for Hurts, especially with all those other guys we just said we'd rather have over him or we have to be really pressed to say whether we'd want them or not you could trade down to two and get plus for hertz probably in a lot of situations so it's not a terrible idea to look into all right davy tell them where you can find you find me at ff underscore spaceman on the tweet machine over on patreon find me over at rookie fever and, and find me right here on the lovely Taylor two rivals and over at D- dynasty league football you can find me at ff underscore banterman I officially have passed the thousand followers, Mark. Thanks to Davey bribing people with a database. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> and um, I will be doing more scouting over the IDP guys. I have updated my 2022, my 2023, and my 2024 uh, Debbie classes, and I updated my 75 rookie board for the year. Um, I'm in the process. I am 50 deep of the 200 of the C2C rankings because I'm thinking about it way too much, and I will be publishing that when I feel good about it. Peace!